We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and this is the Walking With Podcast. We lead a team of brave and brilliant story work counselors and coaches around the country, all committed to helping you come alive. Join us as we explore the sacred landscape of the human heart at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. In this season, we're inviting ministry leaders to join us to discuss the challenges they face as they lead and walk with others. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for joining Chris and I in the Walking With podcast and this new season that we're launching on really bringing onto the show the voice of our audience, people who are in some form of ministry, walking alongside of others, and just what does that look like for you as leaders um, to do that well. So thanks for joining us today. And let's just dive right in with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Where are you? What role do you play? What does it look like in your home these days? Yeah, uh, thank you. Thanks for having me and honored to be a part. Um, I am married to Jossie. We've been married for just a little over 25 years. We have four boys, uh, ages 11 to 18. Uh, so we're in a season of about to send out our first off to college. And, and I pastor Mill City Church in Fort Collins, and we turn nine in February. So we've we're, uh, been uh, at this for a little while and certainly have been experiencing the difficulty as humans, but also as leaders over the course of this last year, navigating all the political all the challenges, medical, oh. racial, et cetera, et cetera, challenges of this last year. Yeah. Would you say this is maybe the most challenging year in ministry for you yet? I've had uh, one that rivals it for sure, but I would say, um, I would say specifically in relationship to ministry leadership. Uh, in other words, I, I've had pains. I've been through a significant pastoral leadership scandal, not my own, but somebody I worked for. And so that was rattling on one level, but to be the leader through this last year has been without a doubt, the most difficult leadership challenge I've ever experienced. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have watched from the sidelines, all of our friends and partners who are in your position in your shoes and really not envied you at all, <laughs> but felt, felt it um, mm -hmm. certainly. So may God continue to just be above and before and on every side um, mm -hmm. as you continue. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. And in the middle of it all, it's less. I know that we will um, come to a place where it's more, but I, even in the middle of all this, I do see the gift, you know, God uses difficulty in our lives to refine us and, tr you know, getting closer to coming around James one, considering it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds. And this certainly hasn't been a trial and the maturity that is on the other side, if we continue to persevere is, yeah. is worth it. Doesn't always feel that way, but it is. I know that so. <laughs> for sure. Well, that's a good perspective. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Aaron, why don't you, we'll kick off our conversation and kind of present the question that you brought to us um, for us to talk about today on the show. Yeah, I, I know for me, I, you know, this comes out of my own personal experience over the last year. And I know this is true of so many other pastors that I've talked to. For one, you try and make decisions. Do I talk to this and how do I talk about it? And we make this decision, we're going to do this, or we're not going to do that, or we're going to do it this way. And 
you know, masks or meeting or blah, 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 going down the list. And everybody's got an opinion and they seem like, you know, we have to share our opinion if we have one and we have to share it loudly and, and with a lot of intensity in it. And we see that on Facebook and I get those in emails and it's unfortunately, of course, it's created division and it's created pain and separation in relationships. And I think it's all those that creates, makes it so difficult. But, and so I think as a leader and a pastor, uh, I care. I care what people think. I care where they're at. I care how they're navigating this. And if they're upset about something, I care about that. And I care about why they might be upset. What, one of the difficulties for me has been, how do I care, but then not carry it? You know, the, okay, I get this through my day and how do I, now I carry it into my evening and it, it impacts my family. And it's one thing if you carry it for a little bit, but you know, you start carrying it for days and weeks and you know, I, I, you can feel the costs. You know, I think that's where some, for me personally, it's a, it's where the fatigue comes from. It's carrying something. I don't think I'm supposed to carry. I don't know how to not carry it at times though. So not a long question if, if that maybe helps, but. What would you say that you're carrying? Well, to be quite honest, I think sometimes it's carrying the weight of other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's, I think this is now after some reflection, but carrying the weight that isn't my mind to carry the responsibility of others. I, maybe another word for it is how do I, how do I differentiate Right. You know, maybe what I'm identifying is an element of codependence, <laughs> codependent on somebody else's opinions or they're liking me or not, you know, or liking my decisions, our decisions. So I think it's a lot of things wrapped up in a question of carrying and differentiation and huh. calling and clarity of moving forward, regardless of <laughs> pushback. I think what you're identifying is just, I mean, you're a human. Right. And so, of course, you don't want to carry the burdens that people are bringing you, but you also really care for them. And you also care about what they think about you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, how can we not? How can we not care what people think about us and want to make people happy and pleased and felt seen and all that kind of stuff along the way? And what a season of leadership decisions where with every leadership decision, you are going to disappoint someone. Yeah. Right. And, and just how challenging that is. Uh, Yeah. And for me, I've had to come to the place where I say, Hey, it's okay to make a bad decision. (laughs) You know, like even if I am going to get pushed back one, if I get pushed back doesn't mean it was a bad decision. Yeah. But even in the midst of all the pressure, I might make a bad decision or not communicate the decision well. Mm-hmm. And so part of it's giving me grace, <laughs> even yeah, though I don't sure. feel it consistently from someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think kind of to, to begin to talk through the question that you're asking here, Aaron, there's, there's a few things that, that come to my mind maybe, and we can bat it around a little bit. Um, the first is just what you said, you will make bad decisions. Not every decision that we make in, in this, in leadership in general, but then also ministry leadership in specific, uh, there's not a playbook for these things. There's not a right and wrong. Um, and I think one of the things that I see throughout the scriptures, uh, and then also just in my own personal experience, is that the whether the decision is right or wrong, what the people generally need most is a decision, 
right? And yeah. clarity around, I've decided this, it might be right or wrong, but we're going to go this way. And these are the reasons for it. And, and that just the fact that someone has been willing to say, this is the direction we're going to go actually brings some level of uh, safety and security to our people, even if I don't agree with it, right? At least we know a direction. And I think the most disruptive thing in this whole thing with COVID uh, and this whole last year with the racial tensions and all the things you named is that by and large, uh, leaders have not given us a, we don't know where we're going, right? We don't know what's happening. And that lack of clarity actually just creates so much more division and confusion and then also fear and violence and, you know, all the things, anxiety, yeah. you know, even more than a decision that I disagree with, mm-hmm. right? So that, that, that's the first thing, like good on you for just making decisions, even if they're bad decisions. And, and we've watched people in ministry do that mm-hmm. a ton, yeah. uh, right? Yeah. I think if we pull back a little bit further, I know the specific application of what you're thinking about is as you named, but in a broader sense, like when we feel like we're, we're carrying and we're, we're tipping over that line of carrying I think um, there's some some thoughts that we had about yeah. just how to how to help someone walk through that fine line, mm-hmm. and it might not apply to a mask decision per se, but just overall. Yeah, yeah. I think the first thing in those things, the the thoughts around that is, you know, as a leader, I think one of the things we need to do first is always check our own hearts and really ask the Lord to just as the psalmist is, you know, search me and try me and like, see if there is any waywardness within me. Am I making this, this decision? Am I, am I moving in? Am I carrying these things because of pride or, you know, is there something about me that, that needs to stay in, in control where I shouldn't be in control? What are my idols? Am I worshiping some other idol of reputation or uh, the idol of being right? (laughs) Right. Any of those those kinds of things. So just to check, check our own hearts first and ask, invite the Lord to come and really inspect us and, and then be open to listen to what he has to say with regard to that. And, you know, I think by and large, we in ministry really try to stay out of that sinful place of making the decisions out of a place of sin, but we're human. And so we do that all the time anyway, right? The, the, the second thing after that, after inviting the Lord to check our hearts would be to check our stories. Uh, right. And just take a step back and just go like, what is happening here? What am I tempted to carry for this other person? What am I tempted to carry for this decision? How am I responding to their criticism? What's happening in my own life and my own story that is being activated or triggered in some way, right? That, that there might be some parts of me that um, are, um, are pretty active and it's, it's historical, And what I mean by that is that, you know, there's some belief or interpretation that I carry with me into this experience that if I don't get everybody's approval right now, then I'll be rejected or I won't be invited to the next party or, you know, whatever that is. And, And that is more our own story. And that requires us as ministers to have a sense of what our story is, uh, right. Where we've been, where we've gone, but then even beyond that, like um, patternistically, how has our story played out to, uh, to where is this a repeat of the story? And, and in some ways, kind of spiritually, how is the enemy continuing mm-hmm. to seek to steal, kill, and destroy me 
in particular with regard to this specific criticism? Because the criticism you receive or the, the, the um, temptation to carry someone uh, for you is going to be different than it is for me. And the reason for that is because our stories are different, Mm -hmm. right? And what's going to specifically zing you uh, may or may not zing me and vice versa. And that comes from our stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I know I'm I'm aware of the like, I hate being misunderstood. (laughs) And because of, you know, distance and we don't have as much time together personally or face to face, they hear something over a screen or in a message and, we don't get a, there's not the follow up. Hey, what do you mean by that immediately or something that, that then somebody assumes something and then doesn't check their assumption. And I realized my, like, I hate feeling misunderstood and, and then not the opportunity to like, not just defend, but explain, you know, and it has caused me not only to be aware of like, oh, how attached am I to making sure that everybody, uh, that I can explain myself, let's say, and I've, it's caused me to also think about Jesus, how he regularly didn't always defend himself. You know, hey, 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 you know, <laughs> don't walk away. I eat my flesh, drink my blood. It was a metaphor, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is good to go back to like Jesus. How, how did he engage? Right. And, and how are we tempted to engage? And that will come out of just like you said, you know, you want to be understood. And that's one of your primary, you know, uh, themes in, in your story, as you've said, and, and I have other ones. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think as we're leading in ministry, we always have to check our story, like what's being triggered here, what's happening for me, and and then bring some level of kindness and awareness to it and, and recognize like, this is not about that person and the comment they made on Facebook. It's not really about the masks or no masks or meetings or no meetings or where we land in, you know, any of the racial stuff that has happened, right? It's not about that. That's not the actual issue. The issue is what's going on in those inner parts of me and how would I, how, how do I respond and from, from what place? Yeah. I love that you said that the kindness, because I think I know for me, that has been a growing edge being kind to myself rather than, come on, Aaron, you could have done better. I right? mm-hmm. should have said it differently or, you know. And I don't know. I mean, you mentioned those as two separate things, right? Check our heart. And is there sin? And then identify our story. For me, those are often mm-hmm. intertwined mm-hmm. and the one follows immediately right. on the heels of the other. And so my first response might be jealousy, which we could say is sinful, but it's out of this it's out of your story. years of, you know, this pattern, like you said, a story that just triggers it all over again. And so there it is, sin and story, you know, simultaneous. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys feel that similarly, but those don't feel so separate all the time no, to don't. me. Right. Yeah. right. I think the, the third thing that comes to mind is then, you know, what am I responsible to and who am I responsible for? Uh, right? Or who am I responsible to and who am I responsible for? And that's not a new phrase, you know, that people have used, but I think it's a helpful one in this context of like, I am, I am responsible for my family. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for myself. I'm responsible for, to, to do this, like review action. I'm responsible for, like, I don't believe I'm sinning right now. That's what I'm responsible for, mm-hmm. but I'm not responsible for you. 
I'm responsible to you to make good decisions as best of the decisions that I can for the greater community and for a ministry and my stewardship of it. But I'm not responsible for how you're going to respond or what you think. I'm responsible to make the decisions and act. And, act. Yeah. and that, in my mind, helps me separate that differentiation of like, I am responsible for myself and I'm responsible to you. Yeah. Two good pronouns that are huge distinguishers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and some that when, you know, in the, in the realm of ministry, I think those lines get really blurred because we're all about, we want to help people. Yeah. We want to serve people. We want to, you know, bleed for people and make sure that they are okay and that they're coming to faith and that they're coming to, you know, the community that like all that. And we, we want so much for other people that we are often willing to step over the lines of mm-hmm. taking responsibility for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jossie, my wife, um, says this. I don't know where if she, she, uh, she made it up. <laughs> I don't know, but she says, Jesus was affected by all. In other words, I never want to be unaffected right. by, by the, you know, by people we are going to be. I think if we don't, there's some, we, we've hardened our heart too much or something, but he was, he was controlled by none. <laughs> so they, the, the effect was, was felt, but that didn't control him. Yes. But he was led by one, um, by his father, of course. And, oh. Okay, so say that all. So like, yeah, Jesus was affected by all, controlled by none, and led by one. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. She is a wise woman. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and and that is all easier said than done. It is. Yeah. It is. And I think the the final thing I would say is that when we take the you know do these first three things, it then allows us to actually recognize that the criticism that we're receiving is also coming out of someone's story. Mm-hmm. It's also coming out of a place of fear. It's coming out of a place of anxiety. It's coming out of a place of, you know, any number of places, but it allows us to care then for the story and not carry the story, mm-hmm. right? That I can recognize like that comment you made on Facebook, that's coming from someplace and I can let the comment go away, you know, be secondary to let me just actually see and have compassion and thoughtfulness around where is this coming from for them. Mm-hmm. And then my conversations are, Hey, you made that comment. Let's not talk about that. I want to talk about where that came from. How, like, how are you? And then I can care for them rather than carry the comment. Mm-hmm. I love what you just said. Cause I think it's, it goes in hand in hand with the kindness towards yourself. And then you just use the word compassion, which I think, as you said that, I think, yeah, that's where my difficulty has lie has, has been is either in having compassion towards me or compassion towards them. Um, and I, would you, maybe would you say like, that's the goal, right? Right. And it's hard, it's hard to love someone or it's hard to hate someone up close. Mm. Right. It's a lot easier to love someone when we get closer to their stories. And when we have space enough to ask the question, what's going on in their story, then it actually opens up that compassion and that kindness because we recognize like the way you're acting is really not, you're not, if I can put it in these terms, you're not acting out of the actual adult that you are. You're acting out of a very child place inside of you that is afraid or anxious or, you know, whatever coming out of that story. And I can have compassion for that, even though I don't like your act, your adult behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so let's just say if I can add, add a, yeah, I'll add on. So you ask those questions 
And let's say I'm able to identify it for myself and have compassion. How do you move towards that in a healthy way? You know, like I care as a pastor. And there's, I mean, that's a lot to go through that you just described. That I mean, it takes time for me as a pastor to explore my own story and come to understand why I'm triggered by that or what that says about me historically and my pretended, you know, sin in the moment or whatever. How, how do you, I mean, yeah. How do we lead other people? How do you know? Okay. I have, man, I have compassion. I know that's not all about me. It's about your story. How do we move towards that mm-hmm. as pastors and humans? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you should describe ACK a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, um, in restoration project and in also in restoration counseling, there's, there's three words that we talk about often. Um, and Beth calls it ACK cause that's kind of our acronym for it. And it's, it's, it starts with awareness. It leads into curiosity mm-hmm. and then it brings us to a place of kindness mm-hmm. and those that can happen in the matter of about 30 seconds. And so when we are aware of, um, not just the action, but aware of what's happening within us as a result of that action. So I see the comment on Facebook or I get the email that, right. I can be aware of like what's going on in me. That's the first movement. And then the second is rather than judging that uh, reaction I'm having or, or that other person, let's be curious about that. And it's merely just like, Hey, what, where's that coming from in me? Why am I responding this way? And then very quickly after that is, okay, that's coming from a place within me that is uh, tender, tender, yeah, unattended to all those places. And then I want to bring kindness to that, to that, you know, little boy in me who still wants to be everybody's best friend. Right. And so I can be kind and all that Aaron can happen in a matter of a few, you know, a few seconds. Now the really plumbing the depths of all of those things that can be, you know, a journaling time or reflection time or something like that. That's longer. But if we can kind of walk through, I just want to be aware. I want to be curious. I want to be kind um, for myself. And then also for the other person, I think we can do that relatively, relatively quickly. Um, quickly. I will also say too, that the attunement to the spirit is important here, mm-hmm. right? To just Holy spirit, help me be aware. Holy spirit, bring your curiosity. Holy spirit, bring your kindness that we don't have to navigate these things on our own either, that we have a comforter who will be with us in this process. Mm-hmm. Sorry. to cut you I off. was just going to say quickly to the extent that there's been practice, you know, mm-hmm. almost like building a muscle. I think awareness is the hardest stage to, to walk through. That takes the longest to build the awareness muscle, mm-hmm. to have eyes, to see differently um, and to notice more deeply. I think mm-hmm. curious requires wisdom and sometimes others. That's mm-hmm. oftentimes when people seek counseling mm-hmm. is they need a little bit of help putting words to what they've become aware of. Mm-hmm. What is, what does all this mean? So that requires the most wisdom. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. kindness requires I'm making this up as I go. Seems like the most maturity maybe mm-hmm. to be able to offer ourselves kindness in that space. Well, it, it requires a true belief in the gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, that the gospel is about the coming of kindness more than it is about the coming of judgment, hmm. and so it, it it requires a connection, like I said, to the Spirit of God who wants to lead us to our own repentance through kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the simplicity of the ACK. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We use it in marriage stuff too. We're saying three letters that might just change your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I'll also say quickly, just a a very simple thing to do is when there is that, 
that comment somebody makes or the email that you get or, you know, whatever it is, the criticism, uh, the freak out moment, you know, if you as a minister can have really a three, three to five breath policy mm-hmm. that you're taking three to five, just deep breaths before you move into action. Right. And that allows for you to slow things down, do the ACK process and just like, okay, wait a minute before I say anything or respond or reply back to the Facebook comment. Right. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to say five days might be. helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's a good point. Totally. <laughs> Yes. Well, this has been a great, great conversation because I feel like what you asked, what you brought is just so common, especially for people leading and caring. You said it's human, but I also think it's humans with a little bit of empathy, which Mm -hmm. you have. That's why you, it matters. So thanks for bringing that to our audience today and joining us here in this space, Aaron. Yeah. uh, Thanks, Chris and Beth. It's really great. And thanks for the conversation. Well, bless you in your ministry, man. The Walking With Podcast is a product of ReStory Labs, the digital laboratory of Restoration Counseling Center. And did you know, under ReStory Labs, we host another podcast called Thrive Marriage. If you or someone you know is married, subscribe to Thrive to hear professional and personal stories on topics relevant to couples who want more for their relationship. You can learn more about us on our website in the show notes, and we'll see you same time, same place next week.